Welcome one, welcome all. This is a special FBR cast where Xander and I saw a bit of news today yep, from a quote a, from the Liga MX chief. It's the and, scuttlebutt uh, about stuff. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. Thanks. But they, it was uh, <laughs> just caught our attention and I pitched the idea to Xander. Let's do a little rant slash talk about in this pod. Caught off guard, really. Out of nowhere. Yeah, just stirring the pot, I think. Probably really. so. I mean, it really has no chance of happening. But what we're talking about is the Liga MX chief said that after the World Cup in 2026, he thinks there's a real possibility that the U.S., Canada, and Mexico can create a joint top league all together. And so with that... Being said, uh, Xander and I wanted to talk about it and see just kind of what was going on. If you heard a little thud, Xander freaked out because the mouse was moving. Why it could have pressed, pressed anything? No, it, it was couldn't going have. Because it, I'm not a control freak. It wasn't pressing anything. But it was Xander, moving my mouse. Jeez, just you didn't have to say anything. I did, I did, but they, uh, it got us thinking. What if? What if that were to happen? I mean, we're quite literally uh, eight years away from that mm -hmm. even being mm -hmm. a possibility. Um, but it got me thinking of some different possibilities. Got me thinking of different ideas. Mm -hmm. um, this is really just a, a giant spitballing about what we sh what we think should happen with the with MLS. Yeah. So yeah. So and let's, this is let's start with the proposal, right? Yeah, Let's I mean, start. we're just going to start, take it for what it is, what he yeah. said. Um, taking it for what he said, uh, I assume he just means the top leagues. Not mm -hmm. really sure where Canada comes into play because, no. I mean, they do have their own league. I get, well, they do? Yeah. I mean, it's a giant league? country. Well, I mean, geographically, yes. Yeah, but they, but I mean, obviously team. their quote-unquote best teams are in MLS. Right. Um, so it's kind of it's really gracious as most things are to Canada to say oh we'll include Canada you're including Vancouver FC you're inc including Toronto Mon Montreal Tor Montreal this is the Montreal Impact or did they change their name uh, yeah they're the Impact oh. um, but anyway it's it's an idea that's intriguing it's certainly something where yeah. saying oh we'll create a big league oh that sounds great. But in my mind, how does that logistically work out? I mean, at some point, you're going to have Monterey in Mexico playing a Canadian team on a weekday. Right. And that's and that's for your quote unquote domestic league as yeah. well. Like English teams, like they're like, oh, you have to travel so far. You have to go from Manchester to Brighton. That's 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 from like Indianapolis to, to Nashville, basically. Yeah. It's like a four hour drive. Yeah, and they complain about that. I know. And the Premier League, they'll be like, yeah, it was a long three-hour drive. I'm like, that's it? Oh, man, Manchester has to go all the way down to France, man. Yeah. Guys, go, people fly from San Diego to New York for matches. That is far. Yeah. I mean, I assume you're talking about, like, football games. Sorry, yes. Like American uh, how football. How about LA, LA to New York? There you go. I was, I was confused at matches. I was like, huh. It's like San Diego has a team. One of the LA teams flying and playing one of the New York teams. There you go. 
I knew what you that meant. works in both leagues still. I, <laughs> but you know, it's um, it's an intriguing idea. I I don't know if he because it was just a little. It, it wasn't it, a long article. There wasn't no. a lot of detail. It didn't seem like it seemed more like it was an offhanded comment almost. It was yeah. like maybe in an ideal world, this is what could happen. When I initially heard it, I'm like, hmm, interesting. But then I was like, well, I pre- I prefer having our own thing. I don't like including other countries in our in our sporting events. Really, like I like I like to have a national league, you know. And I mean, Canada aside, for most things. Yeah. Um, um. But I think the biggest problem is there's there would just be you would have to have two leagues. You'd have to because there's too many teams existing in both of them. Well, I was going to get to that. Taking it for what it is, um, it would be a mega league. Just taking it for face value, no context whatsoever. It's a mega league because he says mm-hmm. it'd all be one league. That's and that's it. assuming MLS and Liga MX combine, which mm-hmm. would be like 38 teams. That's, so yeah. for me, that's no, that's never going to happen. You would basically like your season would be a champions league. Yeah. Like, that's how you would have to do your entire season. Now there already is a CONCACAF champions. Right. League. And the reason why they're like, well, we should definitely have Mexico wants to combine with us is because like they're, they've beaten us the past couple of years in the CONCACAF champions league. So obviously they're all better. They are probably, but, uh, they're the, the money issue is MLS makes more money than Liga MX, even though Liga Well, M- for the most part. For the most part. As a league whole, yes. But they have better attendance overall. They also have more recognizable brands, like Club America. Uh-huh. Right. That's I mean, people in Europe know who they are. Yeah. So that's he said, he said he brought Europe into the conversation for some reason that they wanted they would want to raise the awareness of Europe to Mexican side. So they wanted to combine with the U S in order to do that. Basically he wanted to get rid of competition. Like he didn't want there to be like two American, American leagues because we're all on the same continent of North America, which would distract European attention from, it would like divert it into do different things. He's basically wanting to kill competition to a certain extent. Yeah. Very anti-capitalist to an extent. I, I could see that. I personally, I think the only way this works, and you you obviously know where I'm going because I'm a big advocate for it, is promotion relegation. Pro you're setting up a tiered system. Mm-hmm. And if you were to combine them in 2026, I'd say maybe do it over the course of two seasons in 2024, 2025 in the domestic leagues, mm-hmm. have a global rating scale, and then you would be able to take well, this team won the league in 2024, but they got sixth in 2025. Like the, but that's still good enough to be in. Like the Champions League does. They have the rating. Well, not the, quite. Well, kind of, because it takes the past couple seasons. I mean, it's count. the same. Yes and no. I mean, yes, it's a point system, but you can't base it, it off no, the not, same it's thing. It's not a perfect comparison, of course, but it's, it's it, akin to that. A cousin of that system. Um, I, I think you would have to have that. And there's another interesting point I wanted to bring up is that USL just That's, went into their yeah. three tiers. They went USL 
championship, I believe, or pro. They've, I think they've USL got one teams. and two. Yeah, so they've already set the USL is basically begging MLS to be like, hey, we are completely organized organizationally to be pro to be the uh, the English championship. Yep. Right, and you guys are the Premier League of America, the United States. Excuse me. Well, the problem is, is the MLS commissioner they don't want to do doesn't that. want to do it, uh, which which makes it unlikely that MLS would consider doing the thing with Mexico either, because it, they're not going to do a super league. I mean, they like love adding teams, but they wouldn't do a super league with Mexico. I don't think, and they wouldn't do pro role with Mexico, m- or more than they, they would never do a promotion relegation with Mexico. No, and they if, because they don't even want to do it with USL currently. Currently, I think eight years down the road, USL is looking much better for that sort of thing. Looking much, I mean, we don't know how where it's going to be in eight years, of course, but I I would need to check out their growth rate. I mean, they're they're gaining sides. The attendance numbers probably not great, but the game of soccer is still growing in America. So. Well, here's the thing that's going to hurt USL is that their highest attended teams are going to MLS, right? Nashville and Cincinnati. So, with that being said, the only way that MLS can beat them attendance-wise is to quite literally make them join you, absorb right. them. Mm-hmm. However, the thing that helps USL is they are so widespread. I mean, there are teams all over the country mm-hmm. that play against each other, yeah, and they keep it relatively centralized to what that team plays. Like, I don't think I've seen Indy 11 go way out west. But they, have, they have two divisions. They've got an east, east and west, I believe. But when I'm, they've played like Carolina teams mm-hmm. yep. and like Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Yep. So you're yep. playing a bunch of teams Tampa. all over the country. However, MLS is kind of doing this thing where they say, well, they are doing really well. So let's just pick their best teams, give them a quote unquote expansion side, and then they just take them up. Yeah. So. I mean, Nashville Soccer Club is going to be MLS. They're going to be Nashville Soccer Club in MLS. Cincinnati is going to be Cincinnati FC in MLS. How many does that bring it up to in MLS? I don't have the exact number, but we're getting up there. I mean, we're definitely spitballing high 20s. Because then Sacramento is up there too, right? I believe they got an expansion team. So... It, it, it's something overall that it, it takes a look at. Um, They're 23 right now, so that'll bring them up to 23. Bring them up to 25 when they add those two. And if they add three, then that would bring them up to 26. Hmm. Well, that's the thing I've said the whole time with uh, MLS is it doesn't really make any sense the number like that they expand Here to. Here we go. 2019, they're adding Cincinnati. 2020 is Miami, and 2020 is also Nashville. Yep. So there's there's those, and then let's see, they've got 2022 expansion candidates, of course, to add four more teams. Detroit, well, they're candidates, so they may not actually get it, but Detroit, Sacramento, San Diego, and St. Louis. Uh, for as far as USL sides, I don't know if if St. Louis has a USL side. I don't know. Uh, I know they have a team. I don't know if it's USL. I think it is, but I could be wrong. Um, but just taking it for face value, it doesn't. It, I don't think it really matters the number of teams that we have. 
in MLS currently. Mm-hmm. I think the main argument is if you can align U.S. soccer in the one pyramid, one tree, if you will, that we need to make it so that we have enough teams in each league. I mean, people say, well, the Premier League has 20. Yeah, but the championship has 24. So does, right. you know, the uh, League 1 and 2. They have 24 teams. And it, and if you if you keep the playoffs, which I think is kind of necessary for an American soccer league just because of American sports culture. I disagree. You do? I do. I think the playoffs are something that hurts them. You think it hurts them? Because yeah. I was I was thinking that if you do keep the playoffs, then you can keep your two, you know, your we- your Western Conference and Eastern Conference. That makes it so you can easily have more teams. Kind I, of. I think that still hurts the whole pro rel idea. For pro rel, what? What? How so? Why would? How would you do it with East and West? If you did East and West, well, what are you I mean, going to say? To, oh well, have, this team finished bottom in the East, but they would have finished. I mean, it's an NBA argument. Let's say a team finishes eighth in the West, oh, but they would have yeah, been second in the East. That is fair. So it, it's almost impossible for me to see well, where then, if you keep East and West, you're you're hurting yourself. Then you could organize them to single thing and have like a, a eight-team uh, uh, March Madness-style tournament instead of having an East-West tournament. Where you have that, I'm okay with. That would be that. That keeps your playoffs, but it also keeps like the seeding things in order. You could even have a 16 teams uh, playoff if you wanted to get real big. And if you have, <clears throat> excuse me, like 26 teams, then you have 10 that don't make it. You probably drop the bottom three or so. Maybe if you four. have 26, I'd drop four. Yeah, I'd drop four. So you've got six there, and they they would get. Uh, well. If they would they keep the draft? That's such a weird thing. The MLS draft. Well, I mean, if you do pro rel, I think you've got to do a free agent market. Yeah, and that would be another big thing MLS would have to tackle before they could combine with Mexico. The way they structure contracts and the way that you're allowed to get players, the whole designated designated player thing, that doesn't yep. exist in Mexico, does it? I don't think so. I don't think it exists anywhere else, really. And it the only even... thing that I will say Mexico does much better than the U.S. in terms of their league is Mexico produces talent and then lets them go mm-hmm. overseas. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Now think I... think about what made Pulisic so like. I mean, he was a trailblazer because he said instead of staying here and signing with a club. I'm going to go play for Dortmund's Youth Academy. Yeah. And after a year, Dortmund went, uh, this kid's really good. Right. And he went to the first team. Well, I, there, was a, there was a thread uh, that I was looking at today that I actually participated in a little bit. That was about the, the, the person who started thread was like, do you think more MLS teams should link up with uh, European sides and have camps with them? Like FC Dallas has a partnership with uh, 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 Bayern, Bayern Munich. And they send players over there sometimes, and they send players over here sometimes, just to, for like a little bit of a training camp sort of thing. And they said, would you want to see more of this? And I was like, absolutely I would, because it gets our young players out into Europe with good sides over there. MLS yep. will never do that because it puts our young players in Europe where they're going to get more more uh, publicity, more visual, uh, more visibility, and they might get scooped up and taken away. Here's the thing. I I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I completely agree with the point you made. I think that MLS, in my mind, he, well, kind of going off with it is, say a player is, I mean, this, this happened for Canada, 
mm-hmm. happened for Vancouver Whitecaps. They had a young player named Alfonso Davies, who's 18, and he was purchased by Bayern Munich for like 35 mil. That's a, good, that's a good fee. Okay, what does that tell you? That says that, hey, Vancouver did a great job with a Canadian prospect mm-hmm. and sent him to a big league so that now he's going to be able to grow as a player and he's going to make the Canadian team better. MLS sees this as the opposite with American players for some reason. Right. Where MLS sees it as, well, we want to keep them all here so our league can grow. Right. It's But it, that doesn't make sense. If you want your league to grow, you got to help your national team first. Yeah. We I most leagues see like if you see English teams, mm-hmm. what's the number one stick on some teams there? They don't have enough English players. Right. Not enough good young English talent. Okay, what's a big stick on MLS? Well, we've got too much Americans and not the, the young players can't get in. So mm-hmm. by the time they're 24, they're considered a quote-unquote prospect in the league. Yeah, because you also have the MLS draft, which takes kids out of college, which yep. is a culture that does not exist in Europe, period. There is no college sports scene yep. in Europe because, one, like their educational structure is entirely different, but also kids when they're you know, 10 get taken in by cl- uh, soccer clubs and they go to school with the soccer club. Well, no, they don't do that. Yeah, they do. And some of them do. Some of them do. Depends the bigger on, clubs the, the do. bigger clubs actually have schools on their soccer campus, and they're playing with kids. They're from their country for the same team at the same age for six years, and then they can get on the first team. Well, the first team squad for like a you know a Carabao Cup versus Derby County or something, where you could get a young kid in and get some side with a first team squad. But they also have all the youth teams and the programs like that. They, I mean, there are a few teams right now in MLS that have quote-unquote youth squads or USL squads like there's Red Bull 2 there's Toronto FC 2 there's uh there's some other ones I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some of them but they have ones where you can put younger players which is more developmental but when your prospect is a 24 year old you're you're almost out of developmental stage at that point you should be in your prime being who you are yeah I think everyone develops differently obviously mm-hmm. But there is the whole argument of that's great. We have kids going to college and playing, but you want some hard truth. A lot of the kids playing soccer from overseas here were rejected by clubs in their own country and across Europe. Good example. The NCAA is going to get rid of its one and done rule very soon for for basketball because kids who are going to basket uh, going to NCAA for basketball, some of them don't need to be there. Like Zion Williamson could have gone straight to the pros. He has the body for that. It's not, I mean, it's a little bit late in the process still, but that is an example of an American sport where they're going to bypass college sports because the kids are going to college need that time to develop at a lower level. Well, they're getting rid of it to an extent. Well, I mean, it's, it'll be for the next CBA. That's a, that's a different, that's a different topic, but they're going to get rid of it to some extent here soon. Yeah. And I think, we just put such a label on soccer here in the States of, well, if they're good enough, they'll go to college for it. Yes, but I've also seen, I mean, not really in person, but tape of 16-year-olds that they should be getting minutes for an MLS side, Mm -hmm. but they're in school and they can't get out of it because Mm -hmm. FC Dallas doesn't have a school with it or somewhere that the family feels comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think 
that's a whole nother argument and a whole nother conversation to have. Right. It, but with MLS seems to be the overlying issue with something like this happening to any extent. I would have zero problem personally if some of the top teams from Mexico joined MLS. No problem. No, it'd be it's like Canada Canadian teams joining us. Yes. But there's a big but is that there has to be pro rail. And the yeah. because in the near future we're going to have in MLS over 30 teams. Mm-hmm. That's too many. That's and I understand many. you're trying to make it Americanized. Right. But that helped to start. Right. And if one of the big problems is that they don't like putting their young kids out there because they get taken away. But what they do to counteract that, they bring in old players. I would rather it's it's tough. They're caught in a rock and a hard place, right? Because they don't want they want to keep the young talent, but the US men's national team needs them to get out of here so they can get better because the league isn't good enough. But you can't have a good enough league without young talent. But you can't have good young talent without veterans and like good competition to to grow them there. It's a huge it's a multi-leveled catch 22 scenario where they're bringing in older people. Like if you're if your key signing is a 32-year-old striker from Europe or 36 or 36-year-old striker, yeah. Then th- that isn't for European teams that are like top tier, that is not like a, a key signing. It's like, nope. hey, we 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 went out and bought a backup goalkeeper who's thirty-two. That's that's their thirty-two year thirty-two year old signing generally. Here, here's my two cents on what could potentially help MLS as an entire organization and make something like this possible. One, gotta get rid of this crud signing system you had. Yeah. If you make it a free market to an extent, put in financial fair play rules like Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know those are always, you know, like PSG got around it because they technically loaned in Mbappe last season and bought him this season. Right. Technically, even though they definitely bought him last year. Right. Okay. If a team's smart enough to do that, let them do it. But if they spend 200 mil, you know, get them a two transfer window ban. Like in a window, but yeah. you're you're going to see much more talented players come in for diff, for higher pay because they're going to be more willing to go to a side like Nashville Soccer Club from, let's say France. Let's say they're playing for a mid table team in France and they go, well, Nashville Soccer Club's offering me 120 a week, and this club's offering me 50. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that a good offer? And then the second thing that would go along with that is promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. That adds to the competitiveness tenfold. The the thing about the way that is structured right now is that you can have money come in, but it's not going to be big money because that well, it's doesn't not help. Going, it's not going to your club. Right. So if they take off that sort of cap structure, sort of weird thing, you could see an oil baron coming in and dumping some crazy money on his side. Yeah, it gives him a big boost. But if you have those financial fair play things and slowly increase it every year that you start seeing more and more activity, more and more money, you're increasing it faster than the rate of uh, uh, inflation, of course. Mm-hmm. Then you can slowly meter in the money so that one team doesn't say, hey, we got bought by a Saudi and are now worth 
$500 billion or whatever, and we can sign whoever we want. But you can slowly increase it. it it'll be a process. All these are going to be processes. It's well, not a quick fix. He, yeah, obviously it's not a overnight fix where they just say, all right, free market, go. Yeah, no, that's, that's no, no, no. insane. I think what they'd have to do is say, hey, we're going free market in this year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be four or five years down the road. So teams can get financially prepared. They can get ready for that. Bring and a new then, ownership if you well, want. Well, here's why I, I would say I have zero problem if someone comes in and buys a club. Because guess what? Spending money doesn't necessarily mean winning. True. Because it took City four more years after being bought by the you know, Saudis. Yeah. Um, so they, they went from... Nothing money, I mean, okay money, to what do we do with this money? Right. And I think the first thing you would see, in all honesty, is if they're smart, they'll do what Man City did. Youth academy, youth structures, training facilities, infrastructure with a club Mm -hmm. to make the club a permanent stay in that place. Because that's some place you can spend money without going into those financial fair play things. It's money that you can spend however much you want like you could be, you can do whatever you want with that money because it's all developmental yep. it's not actual product so you're signing players that are 14 15 16 they train a couple years guess what you've just got a great guy or you can do what man city does so well sell them off make a quick mm-hmm. two or three million Pull them out sell them off something yep. like that so you make money doing that how and if you there are going to be clubs who go we got $300 million now. Let's make a big signing. That's where you see your Ronaldos. That's mm-hmm. where you see your big-time players come in and make bank. Right. But that that would be good for the league because you would see huge-name players somewhat in their prime. Look at what Sebastian Giovinco did. He was at Juventus, came to Toronto FC, lit up the league. Mm-hmm. Toronto FC became a household name. Right. And if you have that happen to a greater scale, like Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. They brought in good players, a good core, and if they sold their top three players right now, they would make over, I guarantee, 100 mil right now because they've done that well. Right. Um, something else that would be need to be done, and I know that MLS would be hesitant, free kit deals, free market kit deals. So okay. Portland yeah. would... The the Timbers oh, would probably be Nike. Probably Seattle too. I mean, yeah. they're all right there. So we're looking at that where it's a free market in that. So that you, and I think it'd be a great thing because then you're having opportunities of like Umbro comes in and sponsors a club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to have, you know, Diodora. Well, basically, I mean, all the Canadian clubs would be, Umbo, uh, would be Umbro, right? Because that's a Canadian. No, 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 no. It's uh, Umbro's US or uh, UK. Oh, UK. Yeah. Okay. No, they're not. They're not Canadian. Come on. Sorry. It's okay. But they. It, I just think if you have that free market for a lot of things, like you can do it like the NBA where it's like the official car of Toronto FC is, you know, the Volvo. Right, yeah. It's like, great, good for you. That's great. So that's more money. But you have to let it come more open than the fact of saying, hey, here's an Adidas kit. It's got your colors. 
Yeah. Nice. That that is that is the big sticking point, right? We're asking a bunch of a bureaucratic organization, the MLS, to give up power, to let people go on their own, and they have proven time and again that they would love to just keep everybody right there under the thumb, just keep them right there because we're in charge and we know what's best. Well, they try and be they try and be like the NBA or the NFL, and the problem is is that they're not. Right. They're not that. Think about also, how much money Roger Goodell makes in a year. He makes a lot. He makes a lot of money, more than some clubs are worth right now. Mm-hmm. Some MLS clubs. And and the thing is, those are American sports. That you're never going to get that level of control and have a successful league in America with this global game. Nope. It's not just America's sport. The best players in the world don't come to America to play soccer. Well, they do. They in retire. Their prime. They retire. In their prime. They don't come when they're young. Nope. All the best football, basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, all the best. Well, I don't know. Russia could probably say something about that. But no, no, no. Hockey, no. hockey, basically every other sport, the best players come to the United States to play. That's not what's happening. And you can't make them come here by having an overbearing organization that doesn't allow free market principles to work in their in their system. Nope. And I think that's uh, – it's it's – Overarching, it's a it's a difficult scenario for every part of it in every aspect. And the Liga MX chief came out and said something that intrigued a lot of people and hopefully sparked a lot of good debates. Um, I, I personally would, I've been an advocate for it forever. I think we've got to un-Americanize what MLS is because when it started it was great because you were introducing the world's game in a league form like it had not been done right so to that extent great job but now everyone's caught up and even past that with knowledge of the game we have access to whatever we want to watch every week I watch Premier League each week Mm -hmm. I watch care about cup Whatever I want to watch, I can get access to in some yeah. some form or fashion by the internet. That when this started, the internet was not as big. I mean, well, it wasn't I mean, even that big when it was getting bigger and bigger in the early thousands. I mean, it's because of the internet, MLS has almost stayed behind with dial-up because they're like, well, you can come watch us. They're kind of stuck in the 90s. Yep. They're really kind of stuck in the 90s just in their entire thought process. The EPL and the Bundesliga have great TV deals with great companies and they're on every weekend in the United States and people watch those games. That's even, why they have TV even deals. Even the 6:30 games people get up. Yeah. Because guess what? It's worth watching. It's worth watching. Like and I, guess what? MLS you guys are still struggling to be worth watching. I was going to say, the amount of times you and I personally have had the conversation of, did you, are you going to watch this game? And we'll go, no. no. Like, if an MLS game comes on, even as a soccer fan, I go, eh, and I change it. It's It, it takes a very special matchup. It's like when you have a, a like a, a Timbers-Sounders game. You're like, I barely mm, even watch those. Mm, maybe. But then. I don't even watch MLS playoffs. I just don't. I, I listen. I, I, I know. And we love to watch soccer. We love to watch soccer. We watch it every weekend. But MLS, you're stifling yourselves. Let yeah. it go. 
let it go so it can grow. If you did promotion relegation, every game matters. Are you, if you just let off, just loosen your grip a little bit. If you just step back and be like, okay, what is best for the league? Not for the organization, for the league. That is what you need to, that's what you need to be asking yourselves. Well, the, the thing that hurts that is with promotion relegation, there, the, you know, the, the MLS argument is that, well, what if a big team goes down? Yeah, what, what if? happens. If you make it a, well, if you make it a free market with it, they're not make them down. the same year, they're not going down. They're not going down. Big Do you think LA or New York's much- going down if you no. gave them free money? Uh, New York City FC, Newsflash, owned by Man City's owners. Yes, they'll spend money on it. They already are, and they have all these restrictions on them still. Yep, and they've already done a great job with it. Yeah, it's just another farm system for City. Yep, because that's that's what what they see it as. That's what what New York Red Bulls is. That's why good U.S. players like to go to New York Red Bulls, because they have an academy system. And they have an opportunity to potentially go overseas. Right, FC Dallas. Academy system. They they send people over to the uh, to, to to Bayern Munich. You know, these teams are circumventing your rules to grow the game. Yep. Let them not have to worry about the rules, so they can grow the game faster. Yeah. I overall, there's a lot of things we would want that we don't think will happen because I'm a pessimist. I'm a realist. They have showed no flexibility. Well, that's what I'm. That's why I, I'm so pessimistic. Yeah, is because knowing MLS and seeing them, you go, well, they're not going to do that because they think, well, look at Atlanta United. They're selling out that dome. Yeah, that's one team. It's one team. It's a, I mean, it's a very extenuating circumstance. Yep. They're new. They're good. Yeah. Imagine give them, give Atlanta United not being good. Give them a couple down years. Let's see what happens in, exactly. down there in exactly. Atlanta. Great point. We'll end on that point. We'll end on that point. Actually, I want to end on this point. What if, oh. you, what if USL completely sidesteps MLS and partners up with Mexico and they outgrow US uh, MLS in like 10 years? I've said this. I, I don't know if I've said this to you, but I've thrown out this point. What if USL got a big name owner and went free market? So they could do it. They could they, they could, could do it. if we, they stole people from MLS, they would be the biggest league. Well, what would happen is we um, this has happened in other leagues. This happened with NBA ABA, this happened with uh, uh uh the USFL, what it was the one that Donald Trump was part of? Oh yeah. That US USFL and the uh, in, NFL. <laughs> Those teams made it because they because they were able to get around the things that were holding back the other team, the other league, like yep. the three point line gave the ABA a couple teams in the NBA. USL could handle that. They have, they have the structure. All they need is the talent and the money, which is not easy because no. it's, I mean, when you have MLS and you're trying to start another league below it, technically right now, it's going to be tough. You would have to get some us soccer, us soccer support. And you're not going to get that because yeah. MLS and us soccer are basically inextricably linked. Yeah. Which it's tough. It sucks. It's tough. I think USL, if they were able to ju- get rid, and this is a tough part. This is the part I think is huge, is the stigma mm-hmm. of being the USL. Because what do you think of USL? Lower league teams. Yeah. Now, if you were to compete, if we saw a USL team win a 
President's yeah. Cup or whatever Pres- it's called. The Open Cup or the whatever Open it is. Cup. Yeah. That changes the game. Well, I mean, yeah, it does. And if you if if US I was like, hey guys, we're going for it. You you're not allowed to be promoted anymore. Yeah. Into, you're not allowed to be quote unquote promoted into MLS. Save your money, spend it on players. We're gonna we're gonna take them out. Yeah. That would be that would be a ballsy move. And Why it not? could work. MLS keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. USL is what we want MLS to be. Yeah, that's to I an mean, extent. They did. They, yes, I mean we would love them to be good. First of all, second of all, Pro Rel. I, I don't know. Those are tied for one and one A. Or yeah. Point. My two first points are better and Pro Rel. Better and Pro Rel. Please, please. Good one to end on. You want to plug? Yeah, yeah plug. Um, if all goes correctly, the rest of this evening, this may be the first episode of FBR cast that's on its own dedicated feed. Don't quote me on that, but that's the plan right now. It'll still be on your MMITM feed, but just keep, when you hear this, go ahead and search for FBR. It might be available. Ooh. Just saying. Uh, so you heard that we're available on all the platforms. You can find us anywhere. Just go to your podcasting app search. Meet me in the middle right now. FBR cast in a day or two. Um, and take a listen, you know, go to our website, memeinthemill.co. You can follow football boot review at football underscore boot underscore review on Instagram and boot reviews one on Twitter. And, uh, you can also find it on Facebook. Same for meet me in the middle, meet me underscore middle on Instagram and Twitter, and then find us on Facebook. It just keeps you up to date with all the episodes, with all the articles, with all the stuff that we talk about. Right. I think, I think that's enough. Patreon.com slash MMITM. You don't want to go there, but go there. Just think about it, please. Just yeah, just think about it. Just think about it, please. please. To mock you, yeah. No, that wasn't but, a great uh, pitch. That was not a great pitch. That was our a little bit longer than normal, kind of a rant style, conversation style ep. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to hear more of these, let us know because I actually enjoy these. Getting on topics that we really want to jump on, yeah. Give our two cents on it. So uh, that'll do it for me. Hunter York and uh, Xander's probably going to take us out with his classic catchphrase. Tweet your feedback at us. IG your feedback at us. However you want to get in contact with us, let us know because we'll we'll adjust course depending on what you want. Nope. Maybe. Not me. Depending. Depending on what you want. That's the condition. There you go. So uh, keep that in mind. Keep listening. And most of all. Have a ball, ladies. Yeah, and, and have a good day. Yeah, I, I kind of oh, interrupted that have one. Have a good day. Because you, you think you always eat the last word, don't you? <laughs>